Status report. The cities have been destroyed, sir. All Kaminoan facilities have collapsed into the sea. Very good. Rendezvous with the fleet. Again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 81st Escaping from the Sunken City of Topaka episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We hope you're ready for a good time today. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about the Season 1 finale of The Bad Batch. It was something else. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And hey, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you got the time, the inclination, you're digging what we're doing, five-star reviews help us defeat the tyranny of the algorithm. They also really, really, really do help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost, in the, uh, the, the crashing waves of the Camino Sea. <laughs> Much like Topaka City did as it sunk beneath the surface. That's sort of the algorithm for us. Like, we are rebelling against those crushing waters. The cold, dark waters of Camino crashing over our heads. That is the algorithm. Anyways. <laughs> that's right. We are here. It's, it's happened. We made it. 16 weeks of, the Bad, of Bad Batch Fridays are coming to a close. At least for now. We're assuming that when the Bad Batch returns for Season 2, which has been announced, which has been confirmed, that Bad Batch Fridays will be, will be back. Although though that could change, because uh, Disney does seem to be really digging this Wednesday release thing, which uh, I'm not going to lie, if they decide to do that with The Mandalorian and with The Bad Batch next year, um, I'm going to have to change my work schedule, because <laughs> those Wednesday shows started kicking my booty. I am not going to lie about that. Oh, me, oh, my. But that's okay. That's a problem for another day. In the meantime, we are wrapping up Bad Batch Fridays for this season of the show. That doesn't mean the Man of Vision podcast doesn't start, stop coming out on Fridays, though. Stay tuned. I think we're going we're gonna to do our best to keep this show coming out Mondays and Fridays for the foreseeable future. Just a lot of It'll be a lot of new, interesting content to get into as we take a little pause for the Bad Batch. So, yeah, we're here. It, it happened. Season 1, Episode 16, Camino Lost. Original air date today. August 13th, 2021. By the way, happy Friday the 13th, everyone who listens to this today. Uh, we hope you aren't camping out at a lake somewhere, because that doesn't tend to go well on Friday the 13th. We know how that story works out. Uh, this week's episode plot, it's pretty basic. I mean, like, listen, it picks up right from last week, all right? As Topaka City falls, the Bad Batch must figure out a way to survive and reckon with the choices of their former squad mate and brother. This week's episode, the finale's episode, directed by Saul Ruiz, written by Jennifer Corbett, with, once again, story editing by Matt Mishnevitz. Our cast for the week, 
much of the, many of the same familiar faces from last week. Listen, we're not we're not breaking the the mold on this one, okay? D Bradley Baker is the Bad Batch. Michelle Ang is Omega. Van Deskin is AZI three. Uh, Helen Sadler is the medical officer, and Nashar Dalal is Vice Admiral Rampart. We opened up with Rampart getting the confirmation that Tapak is going beneath the surface, that the last remnants of the clone army of that era of the Republic has, has come to a violent end as the Empire bombards the city. And, and um, just what a gorgeous visual that was. I was really impressed with the way that looked. You know, the uh, you have the Imperial cruisers in a, in a, what do you call that? I mean, it's, they're not like in, in orbit. They're in the atmosphere, right? So they're just above the city, basically, and they rain fire down on Topaka City. Topoka City? I, I'm still saying it wrong. I know I am. Gosh darn it. Um, they just rain holy fire down upon the city with the Bad Batch inside, Omega inside, Crosshair inside the city as it begins to sink beneath the waves. And again, that visual, you know, the, the Imperial Cruiser, the rain, the the fire on the on the on the sea on the ocean of Camino and and the city being destroyed and going beneath the surface, I thought the visuals of that were just beautiful. I thought the show looked really really good. As usual, there are uh, many detractors uh, for this se- for this episode for this season of the show. A lot of people are knocking this a bit, saying it didn't give us enough. There wasn't enough development. There wasn't enough forward momentum. And you know, I listen. I understand where all of you are coming from. You know. If you're listening to this podcast, if you listened during the course of the season, you know I skew more towards the positive side of the fence where I'm I'm, I'm looking at, at the good stuff, at the positives to take out of all these episodes as, as we move forward. Uh, because, you know, I'm doing those rewatch, uh, rewatches of The Clone Wars, and I remember not liking the first season or two, the first, two, yeah, at least the first season of The Clone Wars. I remember not being my favorite. Uh, but now that I see the whole picture, I can go back and watch that first season, and I enjoy it far more then I gave it credit for, and I think a lot of my concerns back in you know 2009 with the Clone Wars is a lot of what people are saying about the Bad Batch right now. You know, it's like not enough development, not enough forward momentum. You know, they're hopping all over the timeline. It doesn't follow. It's not very linear. Now this show is very linear. Just to be clear, I'm not trying to say that this show is jumping around the timeline. Uh, but I, I think we need to be patient. I I I, I stress patience. I uh, I uh, I urge patience with the show. Let, let let's give it time. This is a rapidly developing situation for these characters who are ingrained to think one way, and, and that is the way of soldiers. So let's give them a little time. But we're going to talk about it more fully as we get into the episode proper. I just, you know, I got so excited I want to give a little bit of a preamble there because that opening scene, oh, we're going to talk about it some more, but it's it's really great. I really liked how this episode started. So yeah, let's get into it more fully. You know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Hunter, you copy? Yeah, kid. Are you okay? Not really. The room is flooding, and Crosshair's stuck. Get the door open, Tick. All compromised compartments are sealed to contain the flooding. I cannot override the protocols from here. Oh, I can. I know I was just uh, uh, singing his praises, but I'm going to do it again. I really like the way this episode started. So much action, adventure. Well, adventure, but so much action right off the bat. Uh, you know, again, the Imperial bombardment of the city, the Bad Batch running. They have an unconscious crosshair, uh, Wreckers holding him over his shoulder, and they're running, trying to find safety, trying to make their escape from the city before it sinks beneath the waves of Camino. Uh, 
really great job by the animators for again i i think this episode is gorgeous it looks really really good again i i, I was particularly uh, captivated by the by like the it, again there it's it's, it's not like it's something incredible, but I just thought it looked really, really good. I love the way they made the the water look, the ocean look. I mean, with the fire on top and the waves and the movement, and and all of it. I just was like, I was completely captivated by it. I thought it was a really, a really. It really made you feel the 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 danger of the water looming overhead, coming down on top of the batch as the city continues to sink to the to the bottom of the sea. I loved it. I thought it looked really, really good. And another really exciting component for this episode. Once again, the musical score, Kevin Kiner just knocks this one out of the park, ratches up tension in an episode um, that I, I, I think a lot of us went into this thinking there'd be more uh, direct imperial confrontation at some point in this one, and, but we didn't get that. It was very much like the Empire's raining holy heck down on us. We got to get the heck out of here. And, and you know, maybe we're at the, in the process, we're going to reform uh, our, our, our sort of family unit with, with Crosshair back in the fold. And... It, it the, the the music plays out great. There's dramatic tension in in the kind of the quiet moments as death surrounds the team at every turn. You know, there, there's one obstacle after another to make their escape to so they can can uh, survive and figure out what their role is in this new galaxy that is controlled by the Empire. Something they are in active defiance of. And again, that dynamic figuring out their relationship with their brother with Crosshair. And and a lot of interesting, you know, they don't go. It's it's Star Wars. They don't do a deep deep dive philosophically speaking, but we get to see more of Crosshair's perspective. We get to hear more of where Hunter's coming from with their point of view, and you know, we let's just put it out there right now. We don't get that that reconciliation that we thought might be coming uh, between the brothers, and and so they don't come together at the end of this episode. And it, I, I think it's, it's sad. It's a really sad thing, and we, we have to deal with that. And, and, and Hunter and his team have to deal with that. They, they gave Crosshair the choice that they, that he claimed they didn't give him the first time around, and, and he chooses to stay with the Empire. Which I, <laughs> again, he might be on that platform for a really long time. I feel like this was a poor choice on Crosshair's part. He should have just agreed to get the heck off of Camino, <laughs> and then once you get to a spaceport, maybe you go to the next Imperial, uh, you know, enlistment station. And be like, hey, by the way, I need a, I need picked up. <laughs> just my thought on the on the topic. And again, while I'm thinking of kind of random things, it was interesting that that uh, the Empire didn't notice the platform off to the right. With a with another starship on it, that's just kind of hanging out out there to to see, you know, maybe maybe it was harder to pick up, maybe because it's on the surface. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's exactly why they didn't detect it. They, there was no instrumentation while with it with the ship so close to the surface of the of the of the ocean. Maybe maybe not. I you know maybe a vision you know visual checks are always a good thing too. But uh, you know the Empire they're so busy they have a lot going on. They're pulling these forces out of Camino. They have uh, a they're they're working on enlisting people beings from across the galaxy. It's it's a whole thing. They got a lot on their plate right now. That Rampart guy's got a lot going on, and he just wants to sink a city. He just wants to sink a city, <laughs> and and he does so. So at the end, you know, we played the clip right there, uh, sort of like the the first pause in in the uh, the death defying tension of this episode uh, comes when the city begins to sink, and Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Wrecker get separated. Uh, by a barrier, by a by a chamber sealing off for to prevent flooding, 
and it keeps it keeps Echo and Crosshair on one side of the cha- of the door, and them on the other side. And fortunately for Echo and Crosshair, they are on the side of the door that is filling rapidly with water. Crosshair is pinned underneath some debris, so Echo and AZ AZ three have to get everything. Have to try and free him. Figure out how they're going to get out of this thing. Wrecker's on the other side of the door. He's trying to pry it open so they can get to Omega and Crosshair and AZ three. Why not? Got to save the droids too. And uh, again, I, I really enjoyed the tension here. I thought this was a really fun episode. Like I said, every time the episode pauses and gives them the characters a chance to catch their breath, there's another uh, obstacle, another hurdle for them to overcome, in an, so they can escape and make their make their escape and and uh, do figure out their next move. Uh, good, good stuff. Good tension. Good action. I'm I enjoyed this episode. We'll talk more at the end about. The uh, you know some, some many people's perceptions, many people's opinion that that the show misstepped, that it made some some mistakes, and that it faltered a little bit. We'll talk about that on the other side after we kind of break down the episode. So I you know I'm everyone's opinion is valid, and that's the key thing to remember here. So let's just break it down and, and get into it. I'll play another clip for you right now. <laughs> fire on the city. We weren't going to leave you behind. We don't have time for this. We need to get topside before this entire structure submerges. If you want to stay here and die, that's your call. So that is when Crosshair decides he's going to stick with the batch. Clone Force 99, his brothers, his former brothers, depends on how he looks, on his point of view. He knows he has to get out of Tafaka City. What I love about the sequence before that when when Omega and Crosshair are still trapped on the other side of the wall, the the determination that that Omega shows to not only uh, save Crosshair to get him out from beneath the wreckage that he's trapped under, and and the the uh, the cleverness of, in which she does, you know, by using her crossbow to to uh, blast the debris to lighten the load so that he can get out himself, and in AZ three also pitching in to help, and then swimming. After as soon as he's saved, he's you know not going to drown. It's like okay, now we got to get to the door. We got to move on next next objective, next task, next task. And I loved that determination that that character showed. I thought that was really really enjoyable. I loved seeing her, uh, you know, take a take a cue from Clone Force ninety nine and and just not give up, not surrender to the uh, the odds. I suppose if you want to say like like she was in a dire situation. And she proved herself again. She has proven herself resourceful and crafty in several situations this season, and none more so than in this one, where where death seemed imminent. And uh, this is not. This will not be the only near death escape for any of these characters in this episode, uh, particularly Omega, who makes a, a couple of uh, bold choices. And uh, one of them, one of them almost cost her later in the show, as as you know, because I'm assuming you have watched this by now. This episode is not exactly like the most uh, dialogue-laden episode of the show. It's very action-oriented. It's very, you know, we have to go. We have to run. Echo, or I'm sorry, Tech says it in, in that clip I played a moment ago. We got to go. We don't have time for this. Uh, the city is sinking, and we are in big, big trouble. One of the things I like, again, the visuals in this episode are so stunning, so fantastic. And it, it affects the characters a little bit differently, particularly Omega, who spent the majority of her life on Camino in Topaka City, 
and, and, and as they're going past the chambers that are being flooded with seawater and, and, and sort of, again, like we talked about last week, closing out this, this, this huge chapter of the Republic era, the, the, the cloning facilities of Kamino. It, it's, it's a whole era of Star Wars that's coming to an end. Uh, and, you know, we got some beautiful, we talked about it last week, we got some really beautiful shots of Kamino, uh, empty, devoid of the clone troopers that we had seen occupying it for so much of, of this prequel era. And, and to see them empty, it was very haunting. Uh, and now we're not just seeing them empty, we're seeing them being utterly destroyed, filled with seawater. The, the birthing chambers, in which so many clones came out of, uh, crushed beneath the waves, of, of well, not the, the waves, but of the water filling these rooms in. And, and uh, it resonates, particularly with Omega, but when the Batch pauses to think about it too. And if you, th- if you th- think back to the opening clip we used for the episode, you hear it in that clone trooper's voice too when he talks about the city being being destroyed that was his home you know for whether it was for just for his training period and he's been off world fighting the war ever since he for many of these clones they would have to uh, you would imagine they figure Kamina to be their home and this is the destruction of their home it has to hit them in in probably each for each one it's unique and different but for uh, one who's now in imperial service seeing it firsthand uh it's probably something very very uh unpleasant so I'm about to play another clip from the show here, uh, but as I, as I stated a moment ago, not, this is the, not a dialogue-driven episode. There, like when there is dialogue, it's great, but there's so much running in this episode. This is uh, the the Bad Batch running episode. They got to get their cardio in because of the the just the danger that's everywhere. Uh, and there's another great sequence where they are avoiding falling debris as as the city's leveling off, and they're falling down a shaft or a, probably just a hallway that's being inverted, right? Uh, but but great moments as they crash to the end of that chamber, and and again the the scores kicking up, and we're seeing the look on Crosshair's face as he's sort of beginning to process what's going on, the death of their home, at the hands of the Empire basically this 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 uh, 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 <laughs> this army that he's pledged his loyalty to his service to, and they're destroying his home, and I I feel like that's even affecting him to a degree, and seeing. You see Omega watch him as he is sort of processing all this as it's happening, as as Camino, you know, maybe perhaps representative of representing his world is falling down around his ears, literally. Uh, it's it's really interesting stuff. But we're gonna get the the, the batch makes it back to their barracks, which Echo will tell us surprisingly, or ironically, is one of the few chambers that's uh, so far withstood the flooding. Ironically, our old barracks is one of the few compartments habitable, albeit temporarily. This is our room? Oh, what happened to it? At least the smell's gone. Check it out. Our board's still here. An important conversation coming up right here as Hunter and Crosshair are about to exchange barbs with each other. Uh, and it's, it's important to put these in the context of last week's show uh, because we get a little bit more insight into Crosshair's philosophy and, and what's been going on with him. You know, the big reveal last week that he doesn't have the inhibitor chip, that he's not a brainwashed clone trooper, uh, that he's making these choices on his own. He just no, he just has a different philosophy from his brothers, which is surprising to all of them. All those missions together, and you threw it away. We made a choice, and so did you. Soldiers follow orders. Blind allegiance makes you a pawn. A real leader protects his squad. Look where that's gotten you. They're all going to die here. 
because of your failed leadership. The barbs, the squabbling, only as brothers can do. But yeah, I mean, this has been Crosshair since the first episode. He has been calling out Hunter's leadership, or in his perception, it's lack thereof. And he's not agreed with his choices. And now look at them. I think Crosshair begins to feel that they're resigned to death. They're not going to make it out of this. But again, Omega, ever the optimist, comes through with another plan as she notices a key detail of where this particular part of the city has settled. No, we're not. Look. We landed on the underwater tunnel. If we use it to reach the base post, we could get back to the Marauder. Accessing the tube will be challenging. Better than staying here. We have to try. She's calling the shots now. You have a better idea. So they use AZ3 to get into the channel. He uh, tunnel, channel. I think I said channel. Into the access tunnel, the one they used to get into the city from the landing pad in the last week's episode. Uh, but the tunnel is not safe. <laughs> it's you, you can see the cracks in in the in the transparent steel, and that is uh, Crosshair knows. Like this is gonna give out at some point. They are in immense danger. He doesn't like this plan at all. And now we get to, we get to hear from another member of the squad. You know, a lot of our discussion, a lot of the sort of quasi philosophical conversations uh, are taking place between Hunter and uh, Crosshair. But this time we get we get Wrecker to sound off, and Wrecker is sort of the the voice of the squad in a lot of ways. He's the you know he's not the leader. Uh, he's sort of like the heart of the team, and so he's going to share his feelings now with Crosshair. And I I like. And again, another scene that I liked quite a bit. Let's check it out. You done complaining? You know, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be in this mess. Something on your tiny mind, Wrecker. All that time, you didn't even try to come back. We still would have taken you. Let it go, Wrecker. Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. It is his nature. You cannot change that. He cannot change that. All right. Now, here's what I really like, too. Because, Ek, or, I'm sorry, Tech. Again, this is a great line. I want to play it out, but it's it's really good. And uh, probably one of Tech's strongest moments as, as a character in the season so far, uh, while he addresses Crosshair. And, and we, again, we're sort of processing uh, the, the team's feelings towards Crosshair and what what he did by, by kind of turning on them and how they are all sort of processing it in different ways. Uh, and it's important to remember at this point, too, remember, the original Clone Force 99 is Hunter, Rekka, Wrecker, Tech, and Crosshair. Echo, Echo's a reg, all right? So he didn't he didn't grow up with them. He wasn't in the vats with them. He wasn't, he's not a mutation, a defective like them. Um, he joined in Season 7. He is a reg, though. So the bond between... Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, and Crosshair is is a is is more of the brotherly unit. Echo is still part of the family. Don't try, I'm not trying to dismiss him or 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 to uh, push him out of the way, but these four are sort of the core of Clone Force ninety nine in that sense that they they've been in this together since day one. They were the outcasts, um, and so what Tech is about to say here, I think, really resonates as well. Why are you defending me? I am not. Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. See? Philosophical differences. But at least you know 
you understand the person who's saying it, so you understand where they're coming from. But that doesn't mean you get along or th think they're on the right path. So now the team has to escape up the chute. They are in grave danger this time because uh, the, there are a lot of, in case you didn't know, there are a lot of uh, dangerous sea creatures on Kamino, as there are in, in many of the planets of the Star Wars universe, because or the Star Wars galaxy, uh, because uh, George Lucas loves monsters. And why wouldn't you have a sea full of them? So with the power grid down, the these tunnels are no longer protected. They no longer are able to uh, uh, protect them, be, be defendable from the various creatures that inhabit the ocean of Kamino. And uh, yeah, they, the, the flashing lights trigger, they catch the attention of a nearby sea monster who decides he's going to chew on the tunnels and try to kill our team. They are eventually able to make their escape up into Nalase's laboratory, and uh, uh, Hunter is going to see this for the first time. Remember, he, uh, he was captured, so he didn't get to see this the first time around. And again, another, another little moment for the team to, to kind of have a little chat here. Check it out. Is this place? Nalase's private lab. Omega says this is where our mutations were manipulated and enhanced. How would she know? Because she was there. Omega was created before us. Technically, she is older than we are. Interesting. All right, we'll stop there. But yeah, a, a piece of information that that Crosshair seems to process a little bit, a little bit differently than. Uh, than he within we expected. I, I think, I think Crosshair is sort of reassessing his thoughts on Omega. I think before you know in the in the beginning episodes, he just took her as some annoying kid. But he hasn't been there for the revelations about who she is, as far as uh, having the unaltered you know Django Fett DNA coursing through her. So uh, he's he's learning things. He's processing more information that he didn't have before, uh, which is interesting to see. You know, Crosshair is a very you know. Uh, uh, keep it in your vest kind of kind of character. So uh, the facial expressions are sort of the key to watching him uh, begin to get a better better base of knowledge of what what the batch has been learning for weeks now. All right, now the batch is in a pickle. They're kind of stuck in the lab. They don't know how they're going to make it the rest of the way. The tunnel is completely collapsing the other side. So how are they going to make it to the Marauder? Well, time to formulate a plan. Long-range comms are down, and our oxygen levels will be critical in a few hours. This is what happens when you let a kid call the shots. That kid saved your life. Unlike the Empire, who left you for dead. That's your problem, Hunter. You take things too personally. They destroyed an entire city. They did what needed to be done. Camino. Regs, the Republic, that time is over. The Empire will control the entire galaxy, and I am going to be a part of it. Hunter, you made the wrong choice. Don't fool yourself. All you'll ever be to them is a number. A really great conversation right there another one when, when they when the show stops to pause this week i really like the dialogue i like the exchange between these two as we are exploring the different philosophies that hunter and by extension clone force 99 has compared to crosshair and his his feelings about being part of the first galactic empire what i really like again another small touch for this episode that i really enjoy is 
as these characters are having this conversation about their philosophies, um, listen to the background. You hear the constant sound of, of water dripping, of the creaking, of, of the, the pressure of the outside water, you know, putting, exerting its forces against the structure. Uh, I, I, the, those small little details really lend itself well to kind of creating this, this more claustrophobic atmosphere that the, that the Batch is inhabiting in this week's episode, as they are in, in really dire straits to, to make their escape. And, and I think this scene in particular, again, you hear that in the background, it's, it's, it's subtle, but it's there. This sort of like just a reminder of, of as these two people are, are butting heads, they are in a position where they could all die together. Uh, it, it's, it, it, again, I think this episode does a really nice job of, of keeping some real strong dramatic tension, not only between the characters, but with the situation. So uh, good stuff all around. This episode is just full of those little details that I really, really like. You never liked it on Kamino, did you? Go away. I understand. I spent most of my life in this lab. I was alone down here. Until you four were created. That's why I was determined to find you all again. Being a clone doesn't make you one of them. I wanted to believe it was the inhibitor chip that made you like this, but I was wrong. Sick burn. All right, let's hear it. The plan's beginning to come together. These medical capsules are our way out of here. If our mass is evenly distributed, the buoyancy of these watertight chambers will bring us to the surface. Medical capsules have not been tested for such capabilities. We won't have directional control. How do we avoid the debris field out there? The droid. He can do it. Easy. can you guide us to the surface? Barring any extraneous complications, I should be able to complete the task. Won't that be dangerous? Your safety and well-being is my primary mission objective. Right, here we go. We got a plan, and what we haven't established thus far is that is that Easy is uh, Easy Easy <laughs> is uh, running low on battery power. He's almost out of juice. He's he's been knocked out a couple different times. He's had to kind of do like a soft reboot. He's running low on power, and that it will go, that's going to be coming into play here as he is supposed to help direct these capsules around the still falling debris as it comes down uh, from the surface to the bottom. It is a, it's, a, it's a wreckage field out there, and these capsules could easily crash into that, could easily get pinned beneath all that, and that's exactly what happens. Uh, I don't think I'm going to play any more dialogue until the very, very end of the show. So, yeah, I mean, let's just say it. They get in their capsules, they blow these things out, and the buoyancy, as Tex said, is going to take them up to the surface, but they need AZ to navigate around there and he's doing a commendable job of it until too, too much debris gets too, gets away from him and Omega's capsule gets pulled down to the bottom and he has to make the choice to go and get her and basically exert the last of his power in an effort to to save her and as he's sending her up the way he, he to the surface uh, his power goes out the way for her is clear, so he's like, I've done my job. It's a really touching little moment. Again, they do just a wonderful job with these droids on, on the Star Wars shows that you, you know, obviously we know that the, in, 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 a, in a cold technological sense, we understand that droids are not, you know, alive. 
But the Star Wars artificial intelligence droids, for lack of a, you know, just calling them, let's just call them droids. God, I'm overthinking it. I'm using too many words. But droids, for lack, you know, are a, a valid life form in the Star Wars galaxy. They have personality. They have uh, a, a character traits. They're they're fun in a way that a lot of androids aren't, who, who are typically cold and uh, methodical and fancy calculators. Many of the best Star Wars char- droid characters are the ones that have uh, personality and and. I think AZ's a pretty nice addition to that to that rotation. Is he is as cool as like R two and C three PO and Chopper and, and some of the other ones that we know? And no, but he's 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 nice. He's a good one. He's solid. Uh, so Omega makes makes a, a bold choice that she is not going to let her friend die. This this sort of like last thing that she can hang on to from her time in on Camino. She's going to rescue the droid as he plummets back down to the surface of the ocean, and uh, it's a, it's it's a it's a dramatic moment. Uh, she can't. She gets. She catches down to him. Can't bring him back up. And then we, we see Crosshair with his rifle standing on top of the capsule. And we don't know what exactly he's going to do. But he ends up firing uh, a magnet, mag, magnetic repelling line down. It catches on Az's chest, and he's able to pull both Az and Omega back to the surface and save their lives. And uh, that's that's when they begin to paddle and make their way to the Marauders platform uh, on a rare sunny day. On Camino, as as we get to see the sunshine, as we close out our time on Camino, the team also takes the final moment to look at the smoking carcass of Topaka City. Topaka City, one more time, birthplace to to all of them. Uh, as as again, we officially close the chapter on on this part of Star Wars history, of this part of the, of the, the the prequel era, basically, in, in in a in a very large sense. Um, so yeah, it's it's a moment for all, for these characters to to kind of ponder uh, the state of the galaxy, where that where again where they fit into it. Again, that's what that maybe that well, well, I'll get to that. Well, uh, I am not going to say what I was about to say. Let's just close out the episode. Coming with us? None of this changes anything. You offered us a chance, Corsair. This is yours. I made my decision. We want different things, Crosshair. That doesn't mean that we have to be enemies. Squad's going back to the ship. Omega's looking out. Crosshair's still there beside her. They're going to have a little bit of a moment. A quiet moment, but a moment. brother across here. You're my brother too.
there you go. Clone Force 99's taking off. Crosshair staying behind for the Imperial Scouts to find him. And uh, But Crosshair's left with a lot of new information to process. Um, if I wanted to criticize, if I wanted to, to kind of put a knock on the series, is that I think, I don't think Crosshair got enough time in the limelight. I wish they had done more of a, a cat and mouse sort of game. Or, uh, game. You know, stretch of episodes with, with Crosshair in active pursuit of Clone Force 99. I thought that was something we might get to, and it never really developed. Maybe that's something they're saving for Season 2 of the show. I'm not sure at this point. It does seem likely. But now now he's got... Again, I think he has enough... Uh, uh, he's starting to... I think there might be the beginning... The seeds are planted for some, for some doubt in his mind about the Empire, his place in the Empire, and it, 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 still having a place amongst his brothers in Clone Force 99. But he obviously has a lot of things he has to reconcile in himself before he can go back to them, if that's going to be his path, which, let's be honest, I think we all know that is his path. But, I, hey, I've been wrong before, and Star Wars does always have a little bit of a tragedy to it, right? So maybe Crosshair continuing continuing to be on the other side of them uh, is, is, is the tragedy of Clone Force 99. I guess we're going to have to wait and see how that develops. Um, but again, a nice moment for, for, for Omega as, as she reminds us of, of the, the sort of optimism in the face of this this dark curtain that the empire is is drawing across the galaxy so another nice moment for her as as she kind of continues to be the heartbeat of the show what i also like about that final moment there especially omega looking back on on the on the wreckage of the this the the burning smoldering husk of topaka city is that it's the sort of the moment of realization despite the fact that what, what hunter told her you know several episodes ago that you know, she doesn't have to go back to Camino. Uh, now she can't go back to Camino. Like this is now the we've we've reached a certain point. Like there is no going back now. We everything must be forward now. We have forward momentum, forward to the Empire, forward to their plans for Nalase, which that's the actual closing moment of the of the episode. And I would play that, except I don't think there's a lot of in, in, there's not much interesting going on other than they take Nalase to an Imperial facility where they imply that they have plans for her. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to focus on that too much because that's, that's obviously something that will pick up more next season on the show. Uh, but for these characters, this is, a, a again, I like this. I think this is a strong moment for these characters as, again, they are trying to figure out their role, where they fit in this new galaxy. And I know a lot of people have complained they don't like the pacing. They don't like the process. They wish they would kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, get on with it. I- I'm okay with it. I think the slower, I think the slower thing is going to pay out in the end. Uh, I-, I think we're going to look back on season one as you know maybe maybe not like the best season overall, but I, I think that's what we look at with uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. We-, we don't look on those seasons as the best ones of the shows. The the, the show will build. We now have that foundation on which to build a rock solid house for Star Wars characters to live in. And I'm delighted by that. I think there's enough there's enough uh, good stuff here, there's enough positive things here to build on. And I think next season represents a really great opportunity for these characters to more fully define themselves. And that is what I want to see. I do want to see them more fully define themselves. I want to get to know Wrecker and Echo and Tech more fully. You know, I feel like we got a good dose of, of Hunter in the beginning so we know more about him. Uh, but they do need to figure out who they are going to be going forward? Are they going to be a team uh, dedicated to rescuing clones, like the way like like 
seemingly what's going on with Rex. Uh, are they going to be mercs for hire? Are they going to continue to work for Sid and deal with the underworld of the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, you know, what, what, what is their place going to be? I, I joke with a friend that like, maybe they start the rebellion. You know, maybe they'll team up with Bail Organa next year and, and, and start running missions for him and, and Mon Mothma. You know, there are a lot of possibilities, and Star Wars loves to go back to like the dawn of the rebellion, and so maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not advocating for that particular storyline. I'd love to see them trying to rescue more of their brothers from, from the Empire because... Again, I'm still of the opinion that uh, uh, you know, basically they're outsourcing now for for stormtroopers, and uh, these clones are in in trouble. So <laughs> they probably need extraction from whatever outfits they are in before they uh, before Rampart decides that the, they're just redundancies and they don't need to be around anymore. They're a liability, perhaps. So yeah, I I, I think there's a ton of potential. I don't I don't. If you don't feel the same way, that's okay. You know, maybe you'll go into you know you go into next season with lower expectations, and and hopefully, it will the show will deliver something that that you wanted initially, and and you'll enjoy it more. That's okay too. I, like I said, don't write the show off though. I don't think the show's worth writing off. I, I think there's a lot of potential here. It doesn't move as fast as we want. There was a lot of you know quote unquote side quests and things like that. But I think they they will serve they will in the long run serve the show just fine. And again, give us that that base to build on. It's Star Wars. There's a bit of a long game going on here. You know, we got it took a while, but we got seven seasons of Clone Wars. We got like five seasons of Rebels. So let's give the show a little time. Give it some, give it a chance to breathe, catch its breath. You know, the writers uh, are are hatching their plans already. They probably have seen the criticism. They've seen the reviews. Uh, you know, and maybe they're like, okay, you know what? It's time to speed things up a little bit. We're going to process what people are saying, and we're going to address it, and we're going to we're going to come at it and attack it headlong. They, I think, they know their beats. I think they kind of know where they want to go. They're going to arc out season two, and they'll they they will adjust accordingly. Now is the time for them to adjust the game plan based on the feedback and the and the reviews from from not just me. <laughs> but from like the real critics, the ones who are, are who are more uh, inclined to hold the show's feet to the fire. Again, I I think there's enough positives here. Yeah, you know, you could do some more forward momentum. You could drive the story a little bit harder, a little bit faster. I like what's going on though. There's enough positives here that I really enjoy the series. Um, if I were to rate the season overall, it's probably like a seven and a half. You know, it's not the greatest. It's not, the, but it's it's far from the worst. It's 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 far from like some overhyped thing. I think the show's enjoyable. I think the show's a lot of fun. Uh, I I think people get bogged down in the the idea that this everything has to be part of like the larger mythology. Everything has to be connected to something else. Uh, and it's something, uh, it's something I've talked about a little bit in regards to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe too. Like everything has to be connected to something else. And at some point that that becomes a burden, as opposed to to a way to aid your storytelling. I, I think if we're telling a, a good story, we're okay. We don't need to be part of the larger mythology just yet. I mean, look at, again, I reference it all the time. Everyone, every Star Wars fan that I talk to loves the Mandalorian. And it's it it, it only weaves in the mythology here and there at the right moments. It, it picks its, its shots. And that's what this show has to do, too, specifically because it's in an era that we know what's going on, but we don't know what's going on. It's, it's sort of an, a, a gray space. Like, there's a lot of room to maneuver here in this time between episodes three and four. 
So give it give it a chance to breathe. Let it let it process. If you get a chance, you know, maybe rewatch these episodes down the road before season two kicks on. Whenever that's gonna be. We just know it's sometime in twenty twenty two. I would imagine maybe a year out from now we'll get season two of the Bad Batch. Uh, but if you get a chance to maybe revisit this down the road, you might have a different different uh, different perception on it because you'll you'll know kind of where we're going. You know, I, like I said, I had different expectations for what we got. I would have liked to see, again, Crosshair get a little bit more uh, service time, more screen time, see a little bit more of, of his arc as part of the Empire now. Uh, but we didn't get that. And, you know, I could sit here and complain about it, but why bother doing that? That's that's not going to get us anywhere. Let's see what happens next. Let's see what happens as the story moves forward from this point. Again, I, I think this... I've said it before, I'll say it again one more time. This this finale maybe didn't land where I thought it was going to land, but I think it does a really nice job of closing the chapter of sort of the prequel era. You know, Kamino is no more. The clone army is no more. The Grand Army of the Republic folded into the Empire for how long we'll have to see. You know, we, I'm sure next next season we'll kick off and we'll start seeing a lot more stormtroopers than we see clone troopers and and does that mean again like we talked it's like we said a moment ago does that then make them expendable does that push rex in a position where he brings in on clone force 99 to help rescue brothers before they can be put out to pasture a lot of stuff to talk about or to, to ponder i should say as, as we now let the bad batch rest and we can think about these stories and i urge people to think about these stories and again if you i encourage you to be to disagree with me it, it is that is the most fun part of Star Wars is when we can have a nice civil discourse. You don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you. But as long as we're talking about it with respect in our in our hearts for each other, it's cool. I, I'd love to know your your. Tell me why you don't like it. Why you why the show didn't land for you? Why it missed? Uh, and and again, I'm here telling you why it's landing and working for me. But let's have a conversation about it. I that's. That's the fun part of fandom that we have to try and bring back. I don't want to go down the, the, the rabbit hole of, of, of toxic fandom, uh, but that, that's not what this podcast is about. That's not what we try to get into on, on my social media feeds. You know, we can, we can disagree. We can agree to disagree and then talk about the disagreeing. It's all good. It's all good because we're, we're all Star Wars fans, and we all want to have fun, and we all want to get what we want out of Star Wars in any way we can. And, hey... The good news is Star Wars isn't going away. We're going to have Star Wars for a long, long time. And, and for that, we, we rejoice. We rejoice. So, yeah, that's, that is season one of The Bad Batch. Again, I think it's about a 7, 7.5 overall. But by and large, I like the components here. I, I liked what they set up, and, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I've, I've kind of, I feel like I've repeated myself a couple different times, so I apologize for that. But, yeah, let's talk about Mandovision moving forward now. No more Bad Batch Fridays, but the plan is to have content for you on Friday still. I think there'll be uh, either Bantha Tracks episodes where we kind of talk about like comic books or books, you know, other forms of Star Wars media. Uh, but it might be sort of like we might end up doing like something that I'm sort of considering calling like Jedi Holocron, where we'll spotlight certain Jedi characters that that are going to be a coming up on our Clone Wars rewatch episodes or that I'm just a big fan of and I want to talk about. So get ready for some fun stuff. The Clone Wars rewatch episodes Mondays will continue unabated, at least for a little while. There might be a slight pause between Season 2 and Season 3. I'm still working out the logistics on that. 
But yeah, we're, we're plowing ahead, and we're just going to be counting down the days now until the Book of Boba Fett debuts on Disney+. Plus. We're also waiting with bated breath for any more news about the Kenobi show, the Andor show. You know, maybe we're going to get some trailers soon. Possibly, maybe, fingers crossed. They did announce that Disney Day is going to be on, uh, I believe it's November 12th. So we'll probably get a ton of Star Wars news to talk about that day. And November 12th is closer than you think. It really, really is. It'll be here before we know it. So, yeah, get ready. Just, again, I say it before, I'll say it again. Keep your buckets on because uh, Star Wars isn't going away. This podcast isn't going away. We're going to keep having fun. And I encourage you uh, with every fiber of my with every fiber of my being to uh, engage with me on social media. You know where I'm at. It's at MandoVision. Excuse me. It's at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Recommend us to people you have life debts with and people who have life debts to you. We would really, really appreciate it. If you have the death sentence in 12 systems, uh, by all means, listen to the podcast as much as you can uh, before the law catches up with you. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, one of the best and easiest ways to support the show by uh, helping us defeat the algorithm, the evil, evil algorithm. I thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed Bad Batch Fridays. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, I thank you so much for taking the time to download, listen, and uh, you know whether you're calling me, uh, <laughs> you're like this guy's blowing smoke at the Bad Batch. Yeah, me, you know, me, yeah, whatever. It's a fair criticism. I can take it. I, I like the show. Uh, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a softy. That's okay. I don't mind. It's it's all good. But I, I still I appreciate you taking the time to download, listen, whether you agree with me or you disagree with me. I couldn't do the show without your help, without you listening to it. So I thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope Bad Batch Fridays has been something that you've at least take, taken some sort of enjoyment from, whether it's making fun of me or because maybe, you're, maybe you think I'm okay and I do a decent job with the podcast. I thank you so much for that. Bad Batch Fridays has been a blast. And, and uh, yeah, I love, oh, I love talking about this new stuff. It's so good. I'm reading some new books, some new Star Wars-related books. We're going to talk about those on the podcast soon. By all means, stay tuned. If you're a new listener, I thank you for coming on board. Hopefully you stick around for what's coming up. If you're an old listener, I thank you once again for sticking around. And please, by all means, stick around for the things that are coming up. We got. I hope I, I, I have some interesting things, some entertaining things. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm hoping maybe we'll have some guests on in the, in the, in the interim. Maybe I I don't want to get too excited, but I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. We're trying. We're going to try. <laughs> but in the meantime, you guys go have a great weekend. Go have fun out there. Stay safe. Do the right things. Do the smart things. But have fun. Watch Star Wars. Tell your friends to watch Star Wars. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if you really want to make sure they have a good time, tell them to listen to the Mando Vision podcast because we're doing... We're having fun over here, if nothing else. <laughs> Go have a great weekend, Bucketheads. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will be back on Monday with another episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. And in the meantime, you know, we, we close the show one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I would like to see the baby.